we're proclaiming that we belong to Christ. And that's a big statement because that comes with a lot of um, a lot of priorities that we're called to live into. To proclaim during worship, I am yours. Um, it's a big statement. And so I want to get back, I want to get us back to the idea of what's it mean that we are his? What's it mean that we belong to Jesus? Like there's a lot that comes with that, that, that proclamation in that saying. And it starts in Genesis chapter 2, or I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 1, where God sets to building, or I'm building, yeah, creating, and he's putting lights on, and he's putting trees in, and he's doing the garden all nice and nice. He's making water, and he's making stars, and, and, and being real creative. And then he gets to creating people, his people. Now, we know that the fall doesn't start until Genesis chapter 3. And so there's a lot of groovy things happening right now with God's people. Now, there's only two God's people but they are in this this harmony with God as they're living it out they belong to him and and God belongs to them and then in in Genesis chapter 1 it really kind of lays out for us what does it mean to belong to God what does he say about his people in the very beginning of the book like before it gets all messed up with us or by us. And it says this. So God creates and he creates the man and he said, and God blessed them. There it is. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over everything. That's what we're called to do. Now, God takes us, and first, before he tells us what we need to do, it says he blesses us, and God blessed them, us. We have been blessed. And that, and that word in the, in the original language, it has to do with, yes, being um, in favor, having favor put on you, um, the, the, the giving of something. But it also means to strengthen God blessed, but God strengthened us for the job ahead of us. God strengthened us to be his people. God strengthened us so that we can literally proclaim and mean it, I belong to Jesus. And so he has strengthened us for a certain role in this world, like the world. Everything you see, everything you watch on TV, all of the news, God has put his people here for a very specific reason. And that reason is to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over everything. And so if God has strengthened us, he's blessed us, he's filled us with strength, we're called to be fruitful. Now that word fruitful, uh, we go back to, you know, Adam and Eve, and they're supposed to make babies and have lots of babies, and we're supposed to fill the earth. And, and that, it does, it does mean that. It means to increase. But it also means this. 
to strengthen. That we would take the blessing that God has given us, the strength that God has given us, and that we would take it and strengthen it even more. That we would grow to, to a place of, of, of power, of, of being fruitful, of moving in, in, um, in strength, of, of producing something in abundance. This is what God calls us to. And then he says, be fruitful and multiply. Again, multiply, yes, it's increase in number. And God wants this world to be filled with us. We are the apple of his eye. We are his creation. We are the pièce de résistance at the end of the creation story. But the word multiply also means to grow up. So we've been strengthened. We're called to strengthen ourselves. We're also called to grow up. Like, don't be kids in our brain anymore, that we would start to do mature things in the faith, in, in the spiritual realm. And so we are to, we're blessed, we're to be fruitful, we're to multiply, we're to fill the earth. Now, it seems like God just wants a bunch of kids, but, but we miss the point because to fill the earth, that whole phrase in the Hebrew means to consecrate something as a priest. And so we are called to take this earth and make it holy by our interaction in it. We are to consecrate the world, not just Cheshire, not just Oasis, not just your family, not just your neighborhood, the entire world. We're to have influence in the world. The world, not your neighborhood, not just your neighborhood, the world. Do you understand what I'm saying? We limit ourselves to our own little realm of influence. Oh, you know, my realm of influence. No, expand that realm of influence. You've been called to multiply, to fill the earth, to consecrate this world as something sacred and holy to God, that we would be devoted to the consecration of this world, that we would actually carry it out. That's what it means. Fill the earth. And then the word, it says... Uh, subdue it I learned this past week that that is a violent violent word subdue it, it, it's not like um, oh yeah, put you it, it is violence it is sub subjugation that's the right word yeah um, it's it, it, it means to to just put down to to be like okay you think you're in control nope I'm in control and you squish it like a bug I mean it's a violent word we are called to take a hold of this world and subdue it not for our liking not for my own brain but for the kingdom of God for God's purposes we are to take this world and go no that's not okay this is what God's word says no that's not okay this is what God's word is and we're to point everybody back to the kingdom in the word of God. And, 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 it's, and it's not in a, I know sometimes, and, 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 I, and I really wrestle with this during the week, and I'm wrestling it even now saying it, but, but you know, we're, we're, we're to love, right? And, and, and we're to, and to embrace and love. And, and, and we see in, the, in, the, in the, um, the New Testament about just loving our neighbor and loving people. But yet at the very beginning, God says, you know what? You need to subdue this place. You need to get this under control, however you need to do it. And so sometimes love has to be a little bit intense and a little bit weighty for the good of the person. Have you ever disciplined a child, slapped them on the buttocks, 
if you enjoyed it, we need to talk after service, but, but, but it's, 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 that, it's that tough love that we are to subdue the earth and then have dominion. It's just to rule. We are called to rule. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like we're so passive as the church today. We're, we're so just, you know, well, you know, I don't want to ruffle any feathers. We're called to ruffle feathers. We're called to make people feel a little bit uncomfortable in their sin. We're called to say, no, no, no that's, that's not okay. This is who we were created to be. This is who we're called to be. When I was in high school, remember high school? Some of you remember high school? I remember high school. Kind of remember it. Um, I remember the first day we had to sign up for a sport. And I was about, in high school, probably 70 pounds. Abs or ribs, I couldn't tell what one they were. Um, and so I signed up for cross country. I figured, eh, I'm not gonna get hurt, I'm not gonna, no one's gonna hit me, I think that's good. And so I signed up for cross country, you know, it's a fall sport, and, uh, and I got on the team, well, everybody makes the team as a freshman. <laughs> and um, my parents were proud though, because I made a team. And, and so, but I was, I was athletic, and, um, I remember mid-season, we were going to a meet, and um, so you have varsity, and you have JV, and then you have the freshman squad. And I was obviously on the freshman squad, but only five freshmen could travel. And so, you know, we're all standing there, little skinny freshmen, and, and we're waiting, and Coach Parkinson's like, eh, 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 and the rest of you stay home. I was on the stay home list. I didn't get to travel, I didn't get to race. I'm like, what? And I didn't like that. I didn't like being left out. You see, when I was in grammar school, I was quite the kickball star. Like, I was picked first, maybe seconds, depending, every time. Had the only triple play in St. Joseph history, as far as I'm concerned. Second base in front of it, line drive, catch that ball, first base runner comes at me, I pop that. Remember, you can throw the big red ball at kids and like hurt them, wham, it bounces back, uh, second base goes, I hit him in the back, boom triple play and so this this not traveling didn't set well with me and so I asked the coach uh, why and he told me that I didn't practice hard enough and I didn't take it serious enough and and, and you know I had some growing to do and I don't like that but I took it to heart and spring track season came and then summer came and then I ran during the summer to get ready for the fall and then I found myself running on JV taking it a little bit more serious watching what I ate every once in a while um, and then by the time my junior year came I was running varsity and I happened to be the fastest runner at that point on the team by the time my senior year came I was elected as the captain of the cross-country team with um, one or two other kids, I don't remember. And I remember, I remember that moment of, you know, they read the ballots in Captain for whatever, 1983. Oh my gosh. And, um, and you know, I, 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 got, I got most of the, or a percentage of the votes that gave me the captainship. And then I had to lead. And I asked the coach, I said, I said, do you, do you remember that, that, that morning or that afternoon you said, you know, I wasn't, uh, mature enough or anything he goes he goes yeah you've, you've come a long way 
And so when I got there as a freshman, I was not ready to be a captain. In fact, I wasn't even ready to race. By the time I got to be a senior, I was breaking course records. I was running in the States. I wasn't, I never made it. There's a lot of fast kids out there. Um, but I had grown to a place of being a captain. We used to run captain's practices out off season and you know, the guys look, look up to you. Um, I was still skinny and I had hair and, and I think by that time I had an ab. But what I'm trying to get to is we have to come to a place of recognizing in our lives this place where we may be immature and say, you know what, I don't want to stay here. I want to move to a place of being mature in the things of God so I can get back to Genesis chapter 1 and be that person that God has created me to be. And so if we're not maturing in our relationship with Christ, if we're not moving forward in that relationship, oh my goodness, you're dying spiritually. Listen to me, this is no joke. If you are not maturing in your relationship with Jesus, growing in faith, growing in power, you are dying spiritually and you are going backwards. And it's a slippery, slow slope that we can fall down. All throughout the scripture, Sue, would you go to the next slide? We see these encouragements to mature. Brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil, but in your thinking be mature. And then Colossians, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you and asking that you may be filled with knowledge of his will. All spiritual wisdom and understanding as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Walk in a manner worthy, fully pleasing him, bearing fruit, every good work, increasing in knowledge. There's this process of maturing. And then in Romans, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So there's this process that we're to enter into to mature so that we will grow, so that we will be, um, we will be Genesis chapter one, so that we will be fruitful that we will multiply, that we would subdue, that we would have dominion, that would, in uh, Romans, it talks about how creation groans for us to be revealed. Do, do, do you understand that, like, creation somehow out there is waiting for God's people to step into the role that God has for them from the very beginning of time? And so the process of maturing Second Peter chapter one. There it is. I'll just read it from up there. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. All right, stop right there. We gotta stop right there. God, in his divine power, has given us everything that we need to be Genesis chapter one to be fruitful, to, be, to multiply, to be strengthened, to be blessed. He's given us everything that we need, not will give us everything, not some future event taking place. He is giving us, he has given us everything we need that pertains to life. And that's not only eternal life, that's also life here today and godliness that we would reverence, make much of the name of God. He's given us knowledge, of his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. This is really important. 
every promise in this book is yours in Christ. Every promise in this book, God has given us what we need to engage it, to live it, to receive it, to move in it in power. Every promise of God is yours. Why? So that through those promises that we embrace, great promises, we become divine partakers in his very nature. The things that Jesus did, we will do, and even to a greater magnitude. See, grace, grace is demanding, but grace also empowers for what it demands. And so God has called us to life. God has called us to godliness. He has given us everything that we need to get there. We have his promises that we can bank on and rely on. And within those promises, when we live into those promises, when we push into those promises, when we claim those promises and, and, and proclaim them into the spiritual realm, we begin to share in God's divine nature. And let me just tell you what God did. He created everything. He heals things he tears things down he builds things up this is this is who we are supposed to be this is who god wants us to be and it's kind of who we're not right now as a church as as the church we can become partakers of god's divine nature next slide Susan. And here is the, the system of maturity. It says, for this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. So right away, he starts out with, you already got faith. And this is, this is faith. This is trust in God. This is not, this is not a, a faith unto salvation necessarily. This is trusting in God for every day, everything, every moment, every minute. It says, so supplement your faith with something called virtue. Virtue is character on steroids. Virtue is excellence in who you are as a person. Add to your faith, faith this thing called virtue. Here's the thing. If you think you don't have virtue or character or integrity, I'm telling you you're wrong because with the spirit of the living God in you, it's already been deposited in you. You just have to then live out what God has put in. That's it. It's already there. You don't have to strive for it. You just have to listen to what the spirit is telling you. He'll, he'll direct you left to right, front to back. And so we supplement, we add to our faith this, this, this character, a, a outstanding character. We, we, we work out what God puts in. And then we add knowledge. Um, sometimes we get caught up with um, knowledge being we have to fill ourselves with academics or intellectual pursuit and, and there's nothing wrong with that but here the knowledge is really kind of moving us towards good and bad it's, it's as simple as that like make good choices like you know like most of us know what's right and what's wrong and when we do wrong most of us know that we're doing wrong and so add to your faith virtue which is character 
add to your faith knowledge. Okay, listen, I know what's right. I know what's wrong. I'm just going to black and white these things in my life. I'm not going to give a gray scale to sin. It's going to be yes or no. I'm going to walk with Christ or I'm going to walk not with Christ. Those decisions. So we add that knowledge that to our character, which adds to, to the faith that we already have. Knowledge with self-control. Self-control is about um, controlling your passions, not being controlled by life, but you control life. You control diet, sleep, exercise, self-control, self-control in the context of what's good, what's healthy, what's proper. Self-control saying, you know what? No, that, that sin is not going to ensnare me one more time. I'm going to put things in my life that are going to allow me to become victorious over that because I'm relying on the Holy Spirit to, to, to uh, grow within me because it's already there. That self-control has been deposited in you. You just need to birth it from that place in the Spirit. It's already there. And so we live with this, with this no, yes, okay, no. I'm not doing that. Yes, I'm going to do that. Knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness. Now, we talked about this a while ago. Um, I'm, I'm going to phrase it this way, that, that we add this, this place of nothing deters me. When it hits the fan, I'm cool. When things are good, I'm good. When things are bad, I'm good because I'm going to press into the things of God. Because by this point, I have my faith, I have virtue, I have knowledge, I have self-control, and now I am steadfast. I am not gonna be pushed and moved by sin, by other people, by the culture, by society, by politics, nothing. I'm gonna focus my eyes on Christ. This is the maturing process. We're to add these things a little at a time, over time, continually working out what God has put in us. It's already in us. We begin to work it all out. What does it look like in your life? What does faith look like? What does virtue look like? What is knowledge? What is self-control? What is steadfast? What does it look like in your life? You ask the Holy Spirit, say, Holy Spirit, where am I not steadfast, uh, unsteadfast? I don't know what the word is. Mix some steadfastness with godliness, just reverence for the Lord. Godliness with brotherly affection. First John chapter 4, I believe it's verse 20, it says, um, If anyone claims to love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. That's why you cannot mature as a Christian without loving the brothers and the sisters. I mean loving, like love is patient, love is kind, it doesn't boast, it doesn't wah, 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 and that whole uh, 1 Corinthians 13. That, that we, because the last is, add love. And so if we're not enamored with each other, and that's a weird word, huh? I'm enamored with you. Oh, I, I dig right out. I'm sorry, I'm a little punch drunk. I was a late night last night. Um, church, we got to get a hold of this. 
if we're not maturing. And, and, and these, these aren't oasis guidelines for partnership. <laughs> uh, this is God's guidelines, guidelines for maturity. God's guidelines to get us back to Genesis chapter 1 where we are blessed, we are uh, strengthening ourselves, we are, um, we, are, we are consecrating this world for the kingdom of God. I was in, um, I went to see Ethan, my, uh, Sandy and I went to see Ethan play. Uh, it was homecoming weekend at Gordon. And so they had a game, a lacrosse game against the uh, alumni and they got spanked. Uh, the alumni spanked the, the students, um, but it was a good game. And so after the game, we wanted to go out for some dinner. And so uh, we have our dog with us. And so uh, Ethan gets on his phone and he says, oh, there's a place right in Salem, Massachusetts, which is 10 minutes away. Um, and they take, it's dog friendly. And so we pull into Salem, Massachusetts, and to my dismay, it's October 2nd. I have no idea what October 2nd means in Salem, Massachusetts, but I will tell you this, the witches come out on October 2nd in Massachusetts, in Salem, Massachusetts. And we were driving through looking for this restaurant, which we didn't eat at because it was an hour wait or a 45 minute wait. Um, everywhere, everywhere were stores that sell occultic things witches coven stores which are like it's like that's a group of witches right a coven um they had um there was a big light black house that was a temple of satan in salem massachusetts people walking around as witches and in capes and i think they had a little too much to drink by that time about five o'clock but uh um one young kid I saw walking down the street, black jeans, black shoes, black fingernails, black hat, black hair, black hoodie with 666 across the back. Now, I, I mean, he probably has no idea or he maybe he's a full blown witch or warlock. Really. But I thought to myself, my goodness, like all of these people are excited to be together and do their witchy poo stuff and wear the funky hats and, 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 and go into all these, these really weird stores. They're excited and they're, 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 they're celebrating. And I thought, my goodness, the church is just missing it. When was the last time we got excited like that? Just was just like dancing around and, and I don't know if we were dressed like Moses or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> but but I, I believe we got... We, we, the, the challenge for us is we're unsure of who we are right now as the church. We don't want to ruffle any feathers. It's our job to ruffle feathers. It's our job. Not, not, in the, not, not just for ruffling feathers, because I like to ruffle feathers just for the sake of feathers being ruffled. But we're to ruffle feathers for the kingdom. We're to take a stand and say, mm -mm, no. I'm not going to allow this in my home. I'm not going to... And, and, and we start to take a stand in this world to bring it back under the dominion of the kingdom. We don't know who we are. And I, and I believe if we just get back to this simple process, because look what it, what it said. Sue, can you go to the next one? For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful. 
I can't make it up. Like, like if, if we are increasing in what? In faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, and love, we will not be ineffective. We will not be unfruitful getting back to the mission that God has put us on. And so we have to maintain these things and grow into these things. This is not latching on to something you don't have. This is allowing what has already been implanted into you to mature, and then you live that out. And it's going to be scary sometimes, and you're going to get pushed back, and people aren't going to like you. I was, I was thinking the other day, you know, we got this thing, cancel culture. Anybody ever hear of cancel culture? Yeah. Huh? And... Um, and, and, and I thought to myself, you know, everything is cancel culture and, and, you know, people are starting to push back against it, but then the cancel culture pushes this way. And I thought to myself, you know, self, if anyone has been a pastor for five minutes or longer, they've been canceled. Like, I know what it's like to be canceled. Like, shut down, boom, no more. It doesn't matter. If that cancellation came to me, because I was an idiot or a jerk, then I need to go apologize. But if that cancellation came to me because I stood up for principles that are in the Bible, I won't apologize for that. I can't apologize. Though it's hurtful uh, to, to me, and, 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 and like I said, we grieve the losses of the people who have left, but I can't compromise. I won't compromise. And I'm hoping you will. I, I'm hoping, Sue, can you go back? I'm hoping that you will join me in this process once again so that we are no longer ineffective, so that we are long, no longer unfruitful. We all have a lot of room to grow in these things. And the day you stop growing is the day I will do your funeral, or you'll do mine, because it's this constant and I'm, I just believe in my spirit that if we can get back to the simplicity of spiritual maturity and, and, and going after it, then we will watch the gifts of the spirit begin to operate in a, in a fuller sense here. Why? Because we are maturing and we will not be. In this process of maturing, the, the, the scripture says that it will make us effective and it will make us fruitful in the kingdom. So we get back to Genesis chapter 1. We get back to having dominion over this creation. We get back to um, multiplying and filling the earth, consecrating and making it holy. And so I thought that maybe just today, just just today, this table, this, this table is the promise. This table is God saying, yeah, what I told you, I'm going to do. What I said in chapter 3 of that book, Genesis, I've done here with my son. And everything that you be given, you have been given, everything that's been implanted in you from eternity is now come to life. It's now awakened with the spirit of the living God. And so I thought this morning, I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. And that we would, um, as a church, we would recommit ourselves to growing spiritually, to maturing, so that our lives would not be ineffective, and so that our lives would not be unfruitful.
please, please hear me and understand. Um, this is not earning from God. This is not trying to get in his good graces. This is not trying to be friends with God. If I just, if I just follow the rules, if I, if I do this, this stuff, then God's going to love me. No, this is because you are all are, you are already loved by God. You are already forgiven. You already have this Holy Spirit within you. And these, uh, those attributes, those are already there. You now have to recommit and rededicate and say, yes, I am all in. This COVID thing, man, has ruined many people's spiritual walk. Fear, um, complacency, laziness. People have got away from the things of God. It's too important. Too important for the church just to get lazy. It's too important that, that, that we that we stand for light, we stand for goodness, we stand for the kingdom. And we have to make our voice heard. We do it in love, but sometimes love's gotta be tough. We do it with grace, but sometimes grace is demanding. We do it with mercy, understanding that no one is perfect, not even me. <laughs> but we have to get back to, like the song says, we gotta get back to the garden. You have to get back to Genesis 1 and living out multiplying, taking dominion, subduing this earth for the kingdom of God. And so as you come forward, I pray that you would um, have that conversation in your spirit with God saying, you know, what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Like I'm done playing games with, with Christianity. I'm done playing games with this world. I'm done living in fear. If I say something or if I do something, there's a need of prayer for a recommitment establishing something, come be prayed for. Don't be one of them.